Hey guys, welcome back to Esthetician on the Edge, the podcast. I hope you guys are liking the new episode links and the frequency of releases. In this case, shorter is definitely better. Not in other areas of life, but in the podcast world for me, shorter is better. In this week's episode, we are going to talk about a classic yet misunderstood ingredient. One that I really hope that I don't have to tell you to get on board with, but maybe, maybe. But let's talk about glycerin. Now, glycerin somehow, some way, somewhere in recent history got a bad rep. And I think it was back when the internet brought us a, a, a quicker way to consume information. Whereas before, the only thing that we knew about ingredients or even products, it, it was mostly anything that we got printed material from a dermatologist or a doctor or an esthetician. But now information is everywhere. Like literally the world the, it is our oyster. We can find out anything in seconds. Now, sadly, that doesn't make people smarter. <laughs> it really does. And I think it's actually made them stupid. But most people don't quite get it. They, they don't understand the information to begin with. And then they don't know quite what to do with the information once they have it. They don't know how to vet the sources that they got it from. I heard a quote the other day, and I think it's really applicable for this and for life. But the quote was, we are drowning in information while starving for wisdom. Yeah, let that sit with you for a moment. It, we can apply that to life right now in this moment, I think. One of the uh, one of the things that we have now, like skincare wise in this industry that you hear a lot of talk about information wise are white papers. Yeah. Uh, white papers, white papers, white papers, white papers. If they are a medical, and I say that in quotes, medical grade skincare line, they are so quick to whip out them fucking white papers. You can ask them a question and they'll be like, well, the white papers say, okay. <laughs> I mean, white papers were created by marketing and research teams. And what they do basically is they invest Everything in this document and its entire purpose is to create this kind of like a like a data funnel. And this is used to convince consumers and med spas and estheticians and whomever else is buying to buy this product. Like this is they want me to buy it because science says that this product is uh, better than the rest because we've got the research right here. Now, in an ideal world, white papers are created by unbiased third parties, but that doesn't always happen. It doesn't happen a lot because why would you need white papers on an ingredient unless you were going to use said ingredient in one of your products? You get me? You feel me? You know what I'm saying? Um, and even if the white papers are like, I, let's put it like this. A skincare company is never going to say, hey, do you want to see our white papers? And then they show them to you and the information says that the product doesn't work. <laughs> That's not going to happen. So if they have white papers, it's going to be favorable results for whatever ingredient that is, right? But a 0.00005% change in the thickness of the skin, y'all, that ain't impressive. For you to notice that, you'd have to basically cut that client open on your table, get out a freaking pair of calipers and measure the thickness because you're not going to see it in the skin. It's not going to make a noticeable change. But is it a change? Yes. Is it a documented change? Yes. Can a company use that to say, hey, we changed the thickness of the skin? 
Yeah, of course they can. It's not a lie. It's just not really worth a shit. <laughs> oh, white papers. I, they kill me. They really do. Uh, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull it back. I'm going to pull off my soapbox right now. I think I'm like two minutes in and already bitching. Um, let's stop talking about white papers and let's continue to talk about information and glycerin and how that matters, okay? Uh, the, the only point I'm trying to make in all this rambling is that people had some information about glycerin and then they jumped to the wrong conclusion. Why is glycerin considered bad by some people? Well, it, it's all about perception. Now, let's let's take a bar of soap. Let's let's look at a bar of soap. Glycerin will make up anywhere from 15 to 25 percent of that soap. Now. Show of hands if you have ever used a bar of soap. Show of hands if you ever said, as you were using that bar of soap, this is the most moisturizing shit I have ever used in my whole damn life. No. <laughs> no, you've not. If you've used a bar of soap, you know that you are going to feel literally squeaky clean because that thing has stripped every drop of moisture from your skin that's humanly possible. Now, if glycerin makes up 15 to 25% of that soap and soap has caused your skin to dry out, then everything in that soap is causing your dry skin, right? So in that person's mind, they've made what they think is a logical conclusion, a, a logical leap, if you will, that the soap dried them out, every ingredient in there is going to be drying. That That is, that is not true at all. Uh, another reason people could look at um, glycerin as a drying ingredient is because it is a naturally occurring alcohol. Now, that word alcohol to the norms, and maybe even to some of the newer people in the industry, the only association that that has for you is what we use to like wipe down tools, sanitize countertops, you know, the um, hand sanitizers that we use. And yeah, those are extremely, they're very drying. In this instance, we are not talking about that type of alcohol. Do you want to know why there is glycerin in soap? It's because it is an extremely emollient and moisturizing agent. And it has been put into that soap so it can perform the duty of trying to keep you from being as squeaky clean feeling as it could be. It's it's there to keep you from like cracking open and breaking. If it wasn't in there, you'd be a hell of a lot drier than you were because there are a ton of surfactants in soap formulations. That is a, that's one perception of glycerin, that it's very, very drying. So it's going to dry you out if it's in any of your products. Now, on the other end of the glycerin is bad for you spectrum is the school of thought that it's either a filler in products. And I'm here to tell you there's no such thing as filler. Everything costs money and cosmetic and co cosmetic companies are here to save money. They're not here just to put shit in. Um, also people think that it is, that it, that it is, uh, that's a pore clogger. And I, I do understand why they would think this because glycerin can be sourced from petroleum. As you know, petroleum is an oil. Oil is very heavy. It's very thick. It's super occlusive. So that makes glycerin bad because glycerin can be sourced from petroleum. I do, I, I vividly remember my not so bright aesthetics teacher that I had for like two months explaining to me the reason that I was breaking out was because uh, my moisturizer had glycerin in it. So I went on a hunt to find a moisturizer without glycerin. Impossible. <laughs>
<laughs> Absolutely impossible. Looking back, I know what it was. I was having hormonal breakouts from the stress of holding down a full-time job and going to school. Um, but yeah, yeah. Was not the glycerin, trust me. Those are the two school of thoughts for people who think glycerin is a bad ingredient to have in skincare. It's either going to dry you out or it's going to cause you to break out. Now, you know, I wouldn't be talking about this ingredient and I wouldn't have said what I said at the beginning if I didn't think this was a great ingredient. So let's take a look at what it actually is, what it does, and where you can find it in your own products. Glycerin is a humectant, believe it or not. And this simply means it has the ability to attract moisture from the air uh, straight into your stratum corneum. And it also helps prevent moisture loss from the skin. Well, what does that sound like? That sounds a hella lot like hyaluronic acid, right? Yeah. Except uh, glycerin was discovered back in the 1700s and hyaluronic acid has only been around since 1930 something, 1940, if I'm remembering correctly. Also, glycerin is way cheaper. It's a super cheap ingredient, which is why you see it a lot in a lot of products. Uh, glycerin has a low molecular weight, and that just simply means that as an ingredient it is going to penetrate deeper into the skin, therefore it's going to be attracting moisture into the deeper layers of the dermis. And this is a big one. It also works really, really well in low humidity climates, and that's not like other humectants. I I can't remember what episode it was, but I did one on hyaluronic acid uh, and we kind of covered that. I think someone asked that question or maybe I brought that question up. How effective did I think hyaluronic acid would be in low humidity clients, places like Arizona, for instance, if, if it was safe for people to wear hyaluronic acid? Um, I, I remember we, I don't remember what we talked about exactly, but I do remember that that came up. Well, this with glycerin, it's a non-issue. It doesn't matter if it's high humidity or low humidity, glycerin is always working. It, uh, it also helps maintain and repair our skin's natural defense against outside baddies. That's pretty cool, right? That means it's going to make it an especially good ingredient for people with certain skin disorders, things like eczema or psoriasis, or even someone who has rosacea or just a more sensitive skin. It's a great ingredient. It really is. So the, so you might be asking a question that everybody should be asking. Why are we not seeing commercials talking about how awesome glycerin is? Well, to, to put it in simple terms, hyaluronic acid had a better marketing team. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a more glamorous ingredient. Once a word, um, a skincare ingredient catches fire, you hear some buzz about it. All the other skincare companies, they're going to jump on board the minute it becomes something that they can make a profit off of. And as you know, hyaluronic acid is one of those ingredients that clients will come in and ask for by name. Do they say it right? No. Do they spell it right? Absolutely not. But they still ask for it. You can find it in drugstores. I'm, I was shopping at Kroger the other day and I saw a sign for a hyaluronic acid product from one of the brands down the cosmetic aisle. So you can get HA just about anywhere because their marketing 
It's fabulous. Like, don't don't think I'm bad mouthing hyaluronic acid. I'm not. It's a great ingredient. Um, I just hate that other people feel like glycerin is a bad ingredient, and that's what I'm trying to get through to you. You you can still have hyaluronic acid. That's fine. It's great, good, wonderful. But I don't want you to be scared of glycerin if you are one of those people who are, or one of those people who don't know a lot about glycerin. If you look at any product, you're gonna see glycerin. Especially if it, well, honestly, in a lot of products, you're going to see glycerin listed within the first five to seven ingredients. And, and that's because cosmetic chemists know, they know that it works. It does a lot of the heavy lifting in a formulation. It's going to help maintain skin's integrity and it's going to do it as cheaply as possible, which is what companies love. Trust me, glycerin is doing a lot of the heavy lifting in products that you love. It is keeping your skin moisturized and hydrated probably more than any of the other ingredients in there, if we're being honest. Now, what I want to do now is to take a look. It might get confusing. So let me tell you my, my train of thought. I, I, I want to show you that it's not a scary ingredient. It's actually a good ingredient and you cannot avoid it even if you wanted to. And we're going to do that by basically, I'm going to take every element of the facial like product wise, and I'm going to show you how it's in every single product that you're probably using. You just haven't really paid attention to it. So we'll start with a cleanser. That's something we're going to use in a facial. And I'll give you a couple examples. Uh, La Roche-Posteier's Effaclear. Now that is a gel cleanser for acne. I'm sure some of you have used it, but still ingredient number five is glycerin. You can use this cleanser and not worry about being quite as dry and flaky as you would be with other gel cleansers. And then we have a, what is it? Oh, a skin script glycolic cleanser. It's a foamy cleanser for acne. Now it is, glycerin is next to last ingredient on that label. What does that mean? Tell me what that means. That means that shit is going to dry you all the way the fuck out with no hope of you ever repairing your skin barrier. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not throwing shade skin script, I promise. Uh, it, it just means that your skin might get a little dry because there's not a lot of emollients. And if you're using glycolic cleanser, you probably already know that. Okay, another cleanser, just to show you that we're equal opportunity here. We're going to talk about a creamy cleanser. Let's talk about PCA's creamy cleanser. It is a cleanser that is for sensitive and aging skin. And glycerin, you might already know this, it is ingredient number two. That means that it is definitely not going to dry your skin out. It is going to leave your skin moisturized and you are 100% going to take two cleanses to get your makeup off because creamy cleanser does not have a lot of surfactants in it, which typically is the thing that's going to help get all your stuff off your face. There you go, glycerin, glycerin and cleansers. I told you, I told you. Let's look at another product we use in our facials. How about toners? Why, what? There's glycerin in toners, you say? Yes, I do say. Let's talk about the SkinCeuticals Equalizing Toner. Now this is used to balance oily and combo skin. And I will say glycerin, it's, it's pretty far down on the ingredient list, but it's still there. It's still providing a little bit of emollients. Um, but again, something that's made for oily combo skin to balance that out, it's probably gonna be a little bit heavier on the alcohol. Another toner for you to think about, Elta's uh, Skin Recovery Toner. 
And that one is made to soothe irritation and help balance the skin. And as you're probably already guessed, glycerin is ingredient number four in that product. So it's a toner, but it is not going to dry you out. Okay, let's talk about exfoliation. Everybody does exfoliation in their facials, right? So it's, it's even in your exfoliators. Told you, can't get away from it. So the SkinCeutical Skin Micro Exfoliating Scrub it is pretty much for everyone and the reason then they can say that is because glycerin is ingredient number four on that list of labels so yeah you're going to get a nice exfoliation but there's still emollient properties in it that's not going to irritate your skin and then obaji anybody use obaji in the room i haven't used it or thought about it in years because it's so crazy harsh, but we had a rep come in and I think they've kind of like redone some stuff and I was kind of intrigued. I might be looking at me some Obaji soon. But anywho, Obaji, the Expoderm Forte. This exfoliator, let's see, glycerin, it is third in the lineup of ingredients. So yeah, you're gonna have some emollient properties in that exfoliator. And then what would be a facial without a good mask? Let's look at some of the mask and see if it has glycerin in it. I can tell you that it does. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Revision, anyone use Revision? I like their tinted sunscreen. Let's see, pore purifying mask. This one is for oily and for dry skin. Glycerin is ingredient number five listed on that label. Skin Medicas, y'all know this one. It's a cult classic. I, I will say I think it's a highly overrated product. Mm, that's a bad thing to say. Hold on. I, I think it's overpriced. How about that? It works, but I feel like you can get something else for cheaper. I don't get the hype personally. But um, HA5, you've probably used it. I think most everybody has at one point in their life, but glycerin is listed. You ready for this? <laughs> Oh, hold on, hold on. Let me back up. Let me back up. HA5. If, in, in case you're unfamiliar with uh, Skin Medica's products, HA5 is hyaluronic acid 5 called HA5. Glycerin, it is listed before any hyaluronic acid. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Glycerin. It's behind the scenes, that glycerin really is. You're still not convinced? If you're still not convinced, let, let, let me just tell you. Skin Better Trio Moisturizer, it's in there. SkinCeuticals Triple Lipid, yep. Uh, Glymed's Daily Repair, uh-huh, it's in there too. Do you see where I'm going with this? Glycerin and water, they are the workhorses of most of our products. All of the uh, buzzworthy ingredients, they just trying to keep up with the bad boys. They're just trying to keep up. Uh, let's see what's left in a facial. Sunscreen. <laughs> I love sunscreen. Let's do a, ooh, let's do a tinted moisturizer. Epionce's Tinted Sunscreen. I like that one. Do you guys ever use it? It's kind of a mattifying one. It's pretty nice. But guess what? It's got glycerin in it. Uh, Zio's Daily Sheer. Yep, more glycerin. Now, granted, on the labels, both of these are kind of low on the list, but Y'all, it's in everything. It's That's all I'm saying. I went through all this just to tell you it is in everything because it's really cheap and it works. So why not put it in everything? Now, what what does that mean? Y'all sitting here and listen to me to preach to you about glycerin. What what does all this mean to you? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever you want it to mean, you listen to me, damn it. Hopefully it means you don't believe anymore if you did that glycerin is a bad or a filler ingredient. Yeah. It, 
you know, what it could mean. Um, if you have a client on a budget, you now know that it's safe to steer that client toward a product that might not be quite as expensive, but has glycerin in it. Like it's going to provide moisture for them. Sometimes, most of the times, if I'm being honest with you, a, a hyaluronic acid serum, it's not needed for a lot of clients as long as they're using a really nice moisturizer. And that moisturizer is, of course for their skin type, which tends to be a problem. People don't shop for their skin type. Um, what I do, I, I tend to push my clients, instead of an HA, if they're using a nice moisturizer, I tend to push them toward like a vitamin C or a nice B3 serum instead of hyaluronic acid. And and especially if they're under the age of 40. Now on a side note, just a word of caution about vitamin C. I, I keep seeing people mention niacinamide and vitamin C, but just an FYI, those two ingredients, they work on a totally different pH. So I I don't know. I, I would question the efficacy of a product that had both of those in it because they, I don't know how it would function. Like, like literally a completely different pH. So just to just to throw that out there, since we're talking about vitamin C a little bit, don't combine your niacinamide and your vitamin C different pHs. But anywho, look, I I can't tell you what to recommend to your clients, but I can tell you that glycerin is safe. It's scientifically proven over and over and over for years and years and years. Now. I'm not telling you not to tell your clients to get HA. I'm telling you what I tell my clients. You know your clients. I don't. Um, you've seen their skin. You've laid hands on their skin. So if you love HA, continue to uh, give it to them. Yeah, you know your clients. I just know the science. And I'm here to tell you that now. That's all I'm doing. I'm giving you options. I'm, I'm hoping to take some of the fear out of an ingredient for you because it's in absolutely everything. <laughs> So there you go. There you go. Uh, glycerin in what I hope was an easily digestible bite. It is a wonderful ingredient and one that you should definitely look for if you're looking to add or maintain the moisture content in your skin. Okay, let's get into our Pam of the week. And this Pam was a real bitch. She comes from an anonymous listener. And this is a Pam who is in our industry. Don't you love that? SD Pams? Mm-hmm. Uh, this person says, I have been bullied for the last two years by my own old esthetician. When I graduated from school and opened my business in 2020, she started posting my logo and bashing me all over social media, making fun of the facials I offered and trying to tell people that I was doing them incorrectly. She posted my actual name on one of her stories. This woman was my esthetician from the time I was 14 years old. Y'all, that is cold. That is so cold. Hold. Uh, hold on. The only way I could get this bitch to quit harassing me was to send a threatening letter from my lawyer. But now she has lost her business and her old employee works for me. I'd say that that was the karma bus that ran over her ass. I would say that too. Y'all don't bully each other in this industry. It's hard enough to be an esthetician without that bullshit. Yeah, don't drag people. Don't. That's awful. Be better people. Don't do that. And smack the shit out of anybody that you see doing it. Okay, that's all the time I have for today. Remember, if you have a specific ingredient or topic that you would like to have covered in a future episode, send me a message or an email um, about that. What do you want to know about next? I know that you guys are confused about ingredients. So hit me up, let me know. Thank you guys for listening. And as always, wishing you a Pam-free week. See you next show.